Hello there, it is Nick Zangle coming to you live from California on this Thursday, which means that last night we had a new episode of The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, episode two in particular, where we are going to actually jump right into it faster this episode because it's the second episode. First episode, we had a lot to catch up on and, and recap and preface before we started. And so I'm going to get right into my recap and thoughts very quickly this time. And we will also see who is here in the live chat in the first few breaks after a few of the acts, which are the time between commercials that I will be breaking this down into. If you're watching the replay, there will be timestamps in the description if you want to go to a particular part or skip past the live chat or this intro. And I will have the main comment section open as well for you to comment even if you aren't joining live. So with that said, I will check in with you in the live chat periodically and in the main comment section as we go on here on this second episode of the 11th season. So we start with Act 1, and it was a quick wrap-up of the barbecue that ended last episode. And it was Garcelle in the car on her way to meet Kyle for lunch to talk about things which we will talk about in a few seconds. And this is that was setting the stage for meeting Kyle. And we see first Erica and Sutton meeting at Erica's office where they are talking about getting ready for the Lake Tahoe trip, which we were told about last episode. And it looks like it's at Erica's office for her Erica Jane persona, or at least where her stylist is. But what we see is them getting ready for the Tahoe trip, and Sutton shares a story of a, it seems like a random story, of her meeting this pilot at some auction, and he raised his hands, and he told a story about how he lost his pilot's license because he was giving given oral pleasure while he was piloting a helicopter for people who were shooting an adult film and he lost his license and the conversation steered towards them talking about the FAA taking away his license and Erica knew who that was and what was interesting was not necessarily that the story came up or Sutton was telling the story but Erica's reaction, which was this reaction. And the reason why I think this is important is because Erica's reaction was of shock and embarrassment for the story of a guy getting his license taken away for nefarious things on the job. And this one actually threw me off a little bit because Erica Jane, Erica Girardi, as pictured, her stage pres stage persona and what we know is coming out about her and nefarious things going on in her life, whether she was privy to it or not, we may find out. But her stage presence is very much a Britney Spears, uh, risque, hypersexual persona. And it's supposed to be kind of a con contrast to her real life, which is the wife of a prominent lawyer and kind of have to be kind of highbrow and high class. And so... I understand that those are supposed to be kind of alter ego for her, Erica Jane, but there has to be some of that in her. And like she says in this scene as well, when Sutton is talking about how she has a little bit of pretty mess in her, which is Erica Jane's big brand and tagline. Um, it shows to me that maybe this reaction by Erica was kind of staged or kind of 
a calculated reaction to maybe overcompensate for something. We could be looking into it more than we should because we know what's about to happen and they're kind of leaving breadcrumbs for us. But I thought this was a perfect kind of crumb along the trail leading up to the big story that we're going to find out about Erica's life, which we know in real life. But I think this was a smart thing for the editors to put in there. And of course, her husband is in trouble with the California bar and his his legal license is not, from what I understand, is not active anymore. He was disbarred. And so this kind of falls in line with that whole thing about being getting your license taken away from stranger or not look or found upon actions. Um, okay, so let's go to the last part of this act and then I will check the chat. So we get then to Garcelle and Kyle meeting for lunch to, from what Kyle wants to do is start fresh in, in their friendship. Seems like Garcelle is the one who has had a lot of problems from the last reunion, so they're trying to repair those with Lisa Renna and Kyle. And while Kyle wants to start fresh, Garcelle brings up how hurt she was over Kyle saying at the last reunion and bringing up that Garcelle didn't follow through with donating to Kyle's charity, of which Garcelle claims wasn't true and there was a, a mix-up in the address and that was the reason why it looked like she didn't pay, but really she was waiting for the information to send in her donation. And Kyle says basically someone else deals with the money, so maybe it was a miscommunication, to which Garcelle asks, and this is where we leave off this act before the commercial break, she asks Kyle if Kyle would have reacted the same way if one of the white women would have done the same thing. So we cut to break, and before I get into how this goes, I'm going to check the chat really quick. So let's see, Tennessee Vol Mom is here. Thanks so much for being here, Tennessee Vol Mom. She says, hi, I am still okay and able to pop in for a few minutes. Awesome. I didn't want to share too much of your personal, personal stuff, but thank you so much for being here. I hope you are doing better, and hopefully you get well very soon, and uh, come back whenever you can and watch the replay if you have to. Good golly, Miss Molly said, I stopped watching these bitches when they went after Lisa Vanderpump. They need to cancel these dirty bitches. Erica is disgusting. Well, good golly, Miss Molly. I think I agree that they did go after Lisa Vanderpump, and I think she was smart for leaving the show when she did. But I think this season is going to be, this is the one to watch, or at least watch the, re the recaps and the thoughts of mine and see if you want to go back and watch it. But um, I agree that... The last few seasons have kind of been hit and miss, but I think this one is going to bring them back because of what's going on in Erica's life, and that's partially why, or a big part of why I'm covering it on this channel this season in particular. So maybe you can enjoy my recaps and thoughts to kind of hopefully filter through some of the stuff or at least not have to watch them, but I encourage everyone to watch it because I am making content from their content. Anyways, if no one has anything else to say regarding the first act, let's get into the second one. Let me make sure I have the correct picture up. Yes, I do. All right, so we open with this same scene in act two with Kyle saying to Garcelle, basically admitting that Garcelle handled it and fixed it and it was just a misunderstanding. And Kyle answered that question that Garcelle posed about was it race related as of course not I wouldn't even think of that to which and I forgot to show this part this was Kyle's reaction to the question which was something I'd probably react to if I if it wasn't having anything to do with race 
And so I think that was a very natural reaction for, for Kyle to have to that question. And my thoughts on this are, while I understand Garcelle bringing up the race angle is valid, and of course she said she has had experiences in restaurants and, and with money in general where she has felt that people were looking at her or thinking of her differently because of the color of her skin and she didn't want to tip in a certain situation because she was getting bad service whether that bad service was because she was black or not is we don't we you know we don't have a way to prove that but she basically said she didn't know if she wanted to tip or not because she had bad service and she thought if she didn't tip even though she had bad service that people would look at her because of the color of her skin and say she's not tipping because she's black and she's cheap which is a stereotype and unfortunately and i understand why she thinks that just thinking that way but unfortunately in this case and i think many others maybe where her bringing that up or anyone bringing that up where it's not necessarily obviously the case of what is happening it's not very blatant especially with someone like kyle who she already knows is potentially potentially alienating people who may be on your side and may be not like those other people who you've met who have treated you differently because of the color of your skin. And so also Garcelle said it is kind of these internalized thoughts of hers. And so I understand it is easier said than done. And of course, I don't think it is right for people to treat others different based on their skin color. But if you are conscious of the thought process of you having to rethink things because of past experience or because of what other people put onto you as far as stereotypes and whatnot. But then you say, and you say it is something you have to think about before doing anything, which is what Garcelle said in her confessional. Then in my opinion, you are giving it life, giving those things life, those stereotypes, whatever it is, which are placed onto you and you're giving it life by continually bringing it up and and staying in that mindset when you could consciously because you're consciously aware you're thinking that you can consciously change it and why not change the way you think and continue to prove people wrong about their preconceived notions of you because that is at the end of the day all you have control over and i will table more of this conversation for later but in this in the same act we then go to Kyle, or not Kyle, Crystal at home with her kids and her husband, and we learn she has a Chinese pop star brother who is living with them because of the pandemic response and him staying with them here in, in California, and we get get to meet her housekeeper, Lucy, who she calls her right-hand woman. I thought that whole scene was, was uh, entertaining and fun to see, and we hear Crystal embracing, actually, the stereotype or the cliche as she calls it of being a tiger mom in the chinese asian culture and she goes on to say she loves bragging she doesn't like bragging about herself but she likes bragging about her husband because she lists off, lists off all these movies he's directed which is pretty impressive um, and i think that's cool because it it shows that she's she has a humble side but she's also proud of what she has and where she comes comes from and she's a supportive spouse Speaking of supportive spouse, uh, she, one note I have on this, they're very focused on her being the head of the household and, and gluing the glue that holds the family together, which I think is great. But unfortunately, there is a trend in housewives of all different cities where they come on the show as these 
as housewives, as the traditional housewife taking care of the home, taking care of the kids, and the husband works and has the career and, and provides. But we see trends often in a lot of different cities all across the country and even around the world, different housewives, where they get a taste of that independence by being on the show. And a lot of times it does affect their relationships. So I will be closely watching if we get to see Crystal for multiple seasons to where we see their relationship evolve. I'll be interested to see if that happens to her or if they're one of the few that or one of the ones that that doesn't happen to. But also we see her. I like that she's shown that she's important to the family, like I said before, and the glue that holds the family together. And one funny part I thought was her showing her color coding of her scheduling and how she mentioned that she's the only one, even her husband can't change the or adjust the schedule. So I thought I liked getting to know her a little more and it does does show um, kind of the core of who she is and, and might, might explain some actions we may see in the future. Not sure what those actions will be, but I have a feeling we'll be looking back on this as an important aspect of her that they are showing. One final note about uh, Crystal and her this scene with her husband and kids and family was I wonder when this scene and her confessional that accompanied it was filmed because she seemed for me at least more open in this scene and this confessional. So either it could have been in the beginning when she was still kind of auditioning for the show or towards the end when she was um, when she was uh, more comfortable and so uh we finally end this end this uh this act with lisa garcelle and kyle in a mutual small talk waiting for their flight to lake tahoe and then we have which is interesting because they noted they all kind of are in kind of in a limbo with their friendship then we have kyle or kyle and kathy show up in small or Kathy shows up in small talk with Crystal and uh, Kathy calls Lisa Renna Miss Hamlin. And the reason I want to bring this up is because last episode, I forgot to, t to say that in case you didn't know who Lisa Renna was, she's married to actor Harry Hamlin um, and their kids are becoming famous as well. But it's funny because we see more of that quirky Kathy coming out, which um, I like about her. She kind of is a comedic relief and, and kind of is a, a different energy to the group. And she states something that I want to know your thoughts on, which is that she said she has never been on an all-girls trip, whether it be like a spa weekend or a birthday trip or wine tasting. And she, the reason she says that is because she usually does those things with her husband. So let me know what you think about that, because I think I found that kind of surprising, considering she's going on a show with an all-female, all-women cast. But maybe that is a good energy we need is kind of someone who doesn't normally do some of these things and we're kind of seeing them in their first time doing something and it might be more organic that way so that was the end of that act we went to a commercial and let me check the chat one more time um, looks like more people have said some things so it looks like good golly miss molly says kyle is so narcissistic i can see how you how that yeah i can definitely see that and it might be maybe why her or why she didn't realize maybe how Garcelle was taking the situation about bringing up not donating to or not following through with donating to um, her charity. I'm, that could be part of it. Yeah. Um, sorry. There's like a hair right there. 
Um, let's see. Good golly, Miss Molly says, also, I am so tired of the race crap. People are eight assholes in all colors. Yes. And that's, and that's kind of the theme. I'm, I'm or a lot of my thoughts come back to that, which is not skirting around the race con conversation, but calling out kind of the, the, the parts that don't really add up or aren't compatible. And that's, that seems to be one of my new catchphrases, I guess, is saying certain things aren't compatible with someone and everyone's human, but, and this is going to be a huge theme has been over the re other housewife franchises this past year. But of course this is, this might be one of the last ones where it's really involved because as we'll see later, this was end of 2020 leading up to the election. So yes, um, this is the place where we can call it out. I'm not going to hold back on what I really think, but okay, let's get into the third act. There's six acts total. So we're almost halfway through. So let me make sure. All right. So we get to the, we arrive in Lake Tahoe and along on the way there, we learned that Garcelle doesn't like small planes, which she talked about in the reunion last year. We see that each girl kind of goes through and says, if they've been to Lake Tahoe, Tahoe, if they have any memories of that, some say they've been there a lot because it's pretty local. Some say they haven't been there. Erica bluntly says, I don't have any fond memories. And so um, we also have Dorit dipping herself into the European lifestyle that we've come to know her for and may have contributed to her weird accent, which is her comparing Lake Tahoe to Switzerland. So we get to a traditional staple of a Real Housewives trip, which is going to find which room you'll be staying in. And you, you may or may not be surprised to hear that the house greeter what the house greeter says as far as the first level having access to the wilderness where there are bears. Uh, Garcelle makes it a point to make a comment about black girls not liking bears, so she decided not to stay on that level. And this supports my earlier comment about race in that I don't think you complaining about microaggressions or stereotypes on race and making it a point to bring it up, whether it be a joke or not, is compatible or they're, they're, I don't think they're compatible. Like you can't, you can, okay, you can, but it's not compatible and it makes you kind of confusing to people when you sometimes are taking the race thing seriously and sometimes you're not. And so I don't know. And it, sometimes it is, it's almost like they're race baiting and just trying to find any and everyone to lash out on about the race conversation to kind of fit some narrative or maybe to feel better or whatever the case is. I have more thoughts on this later because it comes up again throughout at the end of the episode, but this is my second. I'll have more on this later. Table this thoughts for later. Okay, so then we see them struggling with not having as much help as they're accustomed to when they're on their trips. And so we see them, which is a part I actually really like. It, it shows a real side to this, which is that the, these very wealthy people are accustomed to a certain lifestyle of, of having to do things or not having to do things like carry their own bags from the steps of the house into the house, down steps into their, into their room. And it's because of the pandemic that they weren't able to have as much help in this one because this was filmed, we'll learn, in at the end of October. And so that was still when things were not as open as they are now. And even in the next scene where we see Kathy and Kyle talking about their time when they weren't talking after Kyle made 
a, a scripted TV show that was based on their life growing up in Hollywood as child actors and, and children of the industry and their mom. And we saw that play out a few seasons, the past few seasons, but the whole, the whole scene is lightened up because Kyle was helping Kathy figure out how to plug in a fan to the wall, which is what Kathy needs to be able to go to sleep and stay asleep. She, she said she likes the, the humming and the buzzing of the fan. And so this further confirms my, that Kathy is being authentically herself. And is like I said before, good for comedic relief for the show and kind of balances out the cast. And so there we go for act three. Let me check the chat again. And before we go on to act four, let's see. Yeah, good golly, Miss Molly says, well, I am white and I don't like bears either. Jeez, exactly. It's like, why can't Garcelle just be Garcelle and just be Garcelle who doesn't like bears? I, I have a feeling very few people, humans, very few humans are want to see a bear pull up or walk up to their window when they're on vacation in the woods or be in their room, or, or even have the, the idea that a bear could be in their room at all times. I know when I go camping, that is always a back thought in the back of my mind, but I try not to live in fear, but you know what I mean. So um, it just, I get she's trying to make a joke of it, but if you keep bringing it up, you can't be surprised that other people are reacting, whatever, however they are to you bringing it up all the time. But anyways, let's move on to act four, which starts with uh, Kyle in the kitchen attempting to cook dinner for the girls. She's cooking salmon and potatoes, I think, or pasta. And Crystal makes Kyle a margarita because Crystal came in and said, hey, how can I help you? And she goes, you know what? I really could use a drink right now. And, and Kyle went, well, do you know, do you know how to make a drink? And Crystal went, yeah. And she's like, do you know how to make a margarita? And she went, yeah. And Kyle said she likes the margarita, but she says it's, she's a tough critic because she's married to a Mexican. We talked about Mauricio in the last episode. Then Crystal says she feels a kindred spirit to Mexicans because she grew up in Los Angeles. Let me know what you think of that comment. I'll just, you probably know what my thoughts are on that one, but nothing really came of that. We'll, we'll see if that comes up later in another in a future episode but then we get to kathy again the comedic relief of the show i think she's going to be the thing that keeps the show balanced this season uh we have her poking fun at her sister kyle for some of the work she's having done on her face because she's saying you're not going to stop after you got your nose job and whatnot you're going to want to tweak and tweak and tweak and then we see that kyle was talking about how um she called sutton garcelle accidentally and then we hear a story of how Kathy mis mistook Garcelle for Kyle in the last episode. We didn't see that footage in the episode, but they flashed back to it. And they all laughed it off. And you see here, Garcelle is even laughing it off. So we can see that there was a joke about how uh, how ridiculous it was that Kyle and Garcelle were, be Garcelle were being mistaken for each other. And then we have Erica jumping in where she says her husband does the same thing of mistaking people or not remembering people. But unlike other Erica edits, where I kind of am suspicious of what the editors are doing and trying to frame her story for what we know is to come in the in the end of, or in soon in the season, hopefully, is I don't think this one was actually a sneaky editing thing. I think it was just them sharing what Erica was saying. At least you can let me know if you think differently. But all right, then we get into well, I've I had a few thoughts, but. 
basically this whole conversation before they ate dinner was indicating to me that it isn't always so serious but I about the race conversation, but I was waiting for, because Garcelle is being framed this way in the show this season, I was waiting for Garcelle to say something about race, because obviously Kyle and Garcelle are not the same race. Obviously Sutton and Garcelle are not the same race. However, this does support the idea that the race conversation or the race thing is used a lot of the times only as a negative towards people that the person using it or bringing it up doesn't like that person for some other reason and the race thing is an easy way to kind of hit at them or put them on the spot and use it as a weapon and because the race issue is historically a stain on certain communities and certain groups of people i think that is why it is used as a weapon and it's very effective however i think we are entering the end of the era of the race conversation having any significant implications for those accused because it is being, in my opinion, overused and used in situations where it, it, it's clearly not the case or it's it's you have to stretch it and twist things so far to where it turns into what it's really not for you to actually ha have a case for the race thing. So there's that. And then we have the last part of this scene, which is Sutton giving the girls... She gifts, gifts them flasks at the dinner table after they ate Kyle's burnt, she burnt the salmon, <laughs> and we learned Kyle's sister calls calls Kyle um, Doogie, which I thought was so funny because Kathy said it, that the reason they call her that is because it's like a Tootsie Roll, and they call her that when she was little, and so all I thought of that when I when I heard that was they, they thought she was a little shit when she was growing up, so they call her Tootsie Roll, like piece of shit kind of thing because it looks like a little log of poop so i thought that was really funny and all the girls were kind of making fun of her for that but again kathy coming in with the comedic relief and the the connection to kyle that kind of puts her in her place and that, i think that's a really good dynamic that we see on the show so Sutton then says this gift was for election week which helps us give a timeline of when this was filmed back in late october early november fun fact that is the last time i had a haircut has nothing to do with the show but if you're wondering that was the last time I had a haircut and I did, I have scheduled a hair appointment for not too far out, a few weeks from now, but you'll, anyways, I digress. But, um, <laughs> that is the end of act four and we will start getting to act five. Let me make sure everyone's good in the chat. Looks like everyone's good. All right. So we get into act five and this is where things start getting more interesting again which is we go to them all sitting around again like they were before dinner. And they, Dorit, who is there on the end on the left, right here. Can you see my mouse? Let me see. Oops. Hold on. Right there. That's Dorit. Uh, she says, let's play the game Two Truths and One Lie. So I'm going to go through quickly some of the truths and lies we figured out from the girls and I think it's very interesting. So Crystal started and she said her her lie was that she was been arrested before and her two truths were that she worked as an escort service phone operator when she was 18 out of high school and had been propositioned at one time to become a madam. 
Very interesting. Sutton then said her truth was that she was a barista at Starbucks at one point and she has stolen something before. And her lie was that she was not a virgin when she got married. Then Erica went and said she, her three things were she was a witness who wore a wire in a, in a trial. She was adopted and she worked for the mafia. Now, she said her one truth, one of her truths was that she was adopted, but she would not confirm which of the other two were the lie or the truth. And so what's, what I find fascinating about this is she volunteered this information. So I'm not sure what to think about that, but if, and this is a big old if, either of these are true, either she was working for the mafia at one point or she was a wired witness, whichever one of these are true, one could say they aren't surprised what she is involved in currently in her life as far as the legal issues and and what's going on with her husband or ex-husband at this point. Let me know what you think, but that's that, those are my thoughts. But then we had Lisa Renna say she's a bad liar. So we never actually heard her play the game, but Garcelle kind of called her out on that to her face saying, you're an actress. How could you be a bad liar? And um, in her confessional, Garcelle then went even further and said, and brought up the situation between uh, Denise Richards last season and Garcelle and, and Lisa Renna. So there's that. Then we had Kathy was the last one to go that we heard from who said she was a dental assistant or her three things were a dental assistant, hairdresser, or she worked at the Waldorf Astoria Hotel as a receptionist in hospitality. Another Kathy-ism or quirky Kathy moment. She, all three of them were true. I was like, and so Kyle kind of threw under the bus and said that was a typical Kyle or Kathy thing of not following the rules. So I think so far I'm really liking Kathy's addition. She's kind of comedic relief, like I said. So then they split up for the night. So they kind of all go their separate ways. And we see one group, which is uh, Kyle, Crystal, and Sutton talking by the bar. And we have Garcelle and Lisa Renna in Lisa's bedroom talking as well. So we're continuing that same pattern from the last episode. And what we see is Kyle make a comment to Crystal about things seemingly being normal between Kyle and Garcelle. Of course, Sutton was there. And then we go to, and we'll go back to that. They'll, they'll go back to um, Crystal and Kyle and Sutton. But then we go to Lisa Renna and Garcelle talking in Lisa's bedroom. And Lisa starts by saying she thinks they're doing well. And then Garcelle, which it seemed like they were doing well, but then Garcelle uses the fact that Lisa owned up to what she did to Garcelle and Denise in their their dinner, lunch meeting, whatever it was, last episode. She uses it as a negative towards Lisa Renna because Garcelle thinks that she didn't get to say her side at that at that dinner. But what's interesting is when we watched that scene from last episode, we saw Garcelle's guard was still up even when, and she said that in her confessional too, when Lisa Renna had owned up to what she what she said, albeit it wasn't perfect but it was a start and for good reason on Garcelle's part because she is or I was touching on why it's a problem it is taking sorry so why is it a problem from Garcelle that it, it is it is taking time for her to get her side out and for them to kind of really be open about their their friendship and and, and be able to move forward but 
I don't know why Garcelle is not using the fact that Lisa was more open than she was at the beginning last episode against Lisa, considering she wanted Garcelle wanted to protect herself from any further harm Lisa Renna could impose on her because Lisa Renna has a past of kind of being a little reckless, reckless with her with her words and with her friendships where she apologizes kind of like Ramona in New York, but then does something again. And it kind of is always this back and forth. So I didn't quite understand why Garcelle was doing that, but I don't know if we, we know for sure what was going on there. And this also had me thinking about the, um, the what's going on here. Sorry. This also had me thinking about just in general, the difference between men and women friendship wise and i know i I, i'm kind of uh critical of people who are constantly bringing up stereotypes so i understand i'm kind of dabbling in this but i do think this is one of those areas that i think most people a lot of people would agree that there is more common there's a more common way between women and between men on how relationships kind of evolve and in general i do think men get over this type of stuff in friendships, albeit maybe not be as severe, or maybe men don't go as deep in their friendships. And maybe that's why they can get over things a little easier and move on faster or are more direct uh, with dealing with conflict over women. Maybe any of you can explain, help me explain this or from, from your perspective, but I don't know, maybe it's genetic or maybe it's just learned societal behavior or conditioning as either People who present as men or people who present as women or grow up as society viewing them as one or the other. I don't know. Let me know what you think. But also, do you think we are either evolving away from the stereotype as far as friendship and men and women? Or do you think it is something inherently that we will be dealing with and be more common in men versus women for a long time? Uh, I know last episode I did say regardless of gender that repairing relationships does take time and isn't just one talk or one lunch and everything is back to normal. But I do think, like I said, it is different between men and women. So let me know what you think of that. And then we get into our final act, but let me see what everyone's thinking in the chat. Um, good golly, Miss Molly says Lisa Renna is a snake. Yeah, and that's exactly why I didn't understand why Garcelle was using the fact that I mean, I guess it's both ways. I understand why Garcelle was wanting to be cautious and moving forward with her friendship with Lisa Renna from last episode. But also, I think Garcelle is kind of baiting her in a way by using the time that Lisa Renna does come forward with what she thinks she's done wrong. She's now using that against her. So it's like you can't win with Garcelle at this point, it seems, with just everything in general that's going on that they're showing us on the show. So I don't know. It's, it's, It's... they're kind of framing Garcelle as kind of a problem and, and using her as kind of a lightning rod this season, it looks like. All right. So we got into Act 6, and we all, we pick up again with Lisa and Garcelle. Um, Lisa and Garcelle continuing to speak, and then Garcelle, again, for the third time this episode, <laughs> brings up the angry black person stereotype as far as Lisa confronting her about, or Lisa thinking that Garcelle is going to kind of punish her in a way for what she did. And she, in her confessional, kind of speaks for the whole community, meaning the black community, which I think is a whole other problem as far as 
trying to speak for a whole group of people based on one trait, which I think personally is 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 a racist, racial, racially insensitive comment. But that will be tabled for another another time. But she said that we, as in the black community, don't claim these stereotypes or don't accept these, and those are placed on her and and the community. And so, like I said before, why keep entertaining it and giving it life if it is not true? You are allowed to be a human. You are allowed to be Garcelle. You're allowed to be angry. It doesn't mean it's a stereotype that because you're black, it's maybe because you're human and you're angry about what is happening. And so who cares if you get stereotyped? If you don't give it life, then it doesn't mean anything. And so I just think if we just start looking at each other and, and ourselves as humans, then I think a lot of that, in my opinion, will go away. But there's that. And it does seem in this case, it may be a microcosm for what is happening in the real world. And it's interesting because someone like Arcel or, or anyone who kind of reacts the same way or brings up this race conversation a lot, a lot of the times it's saying that you don't want people to treat you differently because of your skin color, but then you keep bringing up skin color when it doesn't apply and, and almost as if you want people to validate you for your skin color, good or bad. So I see it kind of as this victim mindset that is being used to what I, from what I see, maybe feel, this isn't for sure, but it maybe is an inner feeling of wanting to be part of a community that has been historically victim to discrimination and had atrocities committed on them. And if you haven't personally experienced it, maybe you don't feel part of that, com that community currently. Um, but maybe you can fill me in on if I'm on the right track here or not, but it almost appears as if people like Garcelle in quote unquote, the black community or any community like it don't want to live free of that mindset or treatment or feel they need to be discriminated against to fit in or to not betray their ancestors who maybe they want to feel connected with or feel that they can relate to as far as what they went through. I don't know, but I thought I would think if if I am aware of my ancestors or whoever being subjected to very cruel and inhumane things, I would be proud that I've come to we've come to the point in society where I, as their descendant, am not going through that. So that's the part that's very confusing to me. And and I have a, I have a story I'll share later about another housewife franchise that this came up with regarding the Me Too, Me Too movement. And kind of the confusing part along the same lines, but I'm going to stick to this show. But let me know what you think of that. Uh, and if I'm on the right, if I'm on the same wavelength as you or if you have a different take on it. But then we cut back to Kyle Sutton and Crystal. And this is kind of where the episode starts to wrap up. And so Sutton and Crystal are talking about, or yeah, Sutton, no. Sutton and Kyle are talking about the Garcelle lunch with Kyle, and uh, Sutton was explaining how Garcelle, from her point of view, Garcelle responds well to, excuse me, to realness, but not well to fakery or to people calling her out, and then Kyle catches up Crystal on the story around the charity and the donation and kind of how Garcelle took it as maybe it was a racial thing to which Crystal brought up 
that or gave her perspective as a non-white person and as an Asian American or as a Chinese person. And Sutton then tries to actually shut that conversation down to which Crystal says, of course you want to shut it down because you don't get stereotyped. And that kind of set off Sutton. And then Sutton, because she was kind of emotionally reacting to this, I don't think she heard when Crystal appeared to kind of backtrack on her words and kind of correct herself and say, you know what? No, you're right. Sutton, everyone kind of has stereotypes placed on them. And then Sutton brings up being stereotyped as, or seen on TV, her being stereotyped as kind of a Southern hillbilly or Southern hick or whatever the, the derogatory terms towards people from the South who are white. And how she doesn't want to bring it up because it gives that life and we're it's 2020 2021 and that's kind of what i've been saying before she even said that i was thinking that i'm like why if you want it to end and you want people to stop treating you differently because of what you look like stop constantly reminding them that we look different and then crystal this is where that episode actually leads off with a cliffhanger and I'm actually going to table my thoughts on this question that Crystal posed to Sutton for the next episode because I think I've touched on enough of my comments on the race thing, but it is a big theme of the season. But Crystal basically asks her, well, don't tell me you're the girl who doesn't see color. Art, tell me you're that girl. And she kind of is baiting Sutton a little bit about being the person who says, I don't see color. I have tons of thoughts on that whole I don't see color um, phrase. But uh, I will table that for the next episode next week. But like I said about Garcelle making jokes about stereotypes and other times being serious during the scene where Sutton or being serious about it and whatnot. And what's interesting about the, this last comment by Crystal is only a few minutes before we saw them all get flasks as gifts and they were all wondering, some of them hadn't used a flask before and they were kind of making a joke about it. And Sutton kind of leaned into the stereotypes of being from the South and being using a flask or drinking. And so did Erica. And so it's just, it's this back and forth of like, okay, are stereotypes bad or are they good? Are we allowed to accept them or not? Or is it, we can all just decide whenever, whatever situation it suits, if it's negative or positive. I don't know. But um, before I get into your chats again, um, as we wrap up next week, it looks like Crystal and Sutton, their relationship continues from here and takes a nosedive for some other reasons. Maybe I presume it's it's stemming from what we just saw and what I just said. But we also see Garcelle talking negatively about Paris Hilton to her mom, Kathy Hilton, on the show in her in front of her face. So that'll be, I think, our first peek into Kathy Hilton's other side of her. So I'll be that'll be fun to, to watch. So let me get into your chats. All right. Good golly, Miss Molly says, I agree. Okay, use using race for manipulation. I think that is a very, I don't agree with the tactic, but it is very effective. I will admit that. And we've seen that this past year and a half, many few past many years, I would say, um, of that being used as a weapon. Very effective, but I personally am not affected by it and don't, and I see through it. So there's that. Um, good golly, Miss Molly says, what do you call being labeled as white privilege? Exactly. And I think if you are going to say, if you are white, then you are blank, or if you are any color, then you are blank, 
that to me is is all racism. There's no such thing in my opinion as reverse racism. I know that that was kind of a definition that gets thrown around because some of the big landmark cases regarding racism or regarding race were not involving white people as the oppressed or as the, the victims of, of the race or racism. But I think it, it any race, any person being treated some way negatively because of their race, but in other words, white, black, Asian, whatever thing besides human race, then, um, yeah, I think that's, that's the thing. Okay. Kyle Lima says the problem is that Sutton cut Crystal off when Crystal was trying to say she understands Garcelle because she has also suffered a racial stereotype. doesn't matter. They are rich society treated people of color different. Um, yeah, I, I see how that, how you can see it that way. I, f I for sure do that. But, um, Crystal, I mean, obviously we see it chopped together, so we don't know the full extent, but from what we saw, the point I think Sutton was trying to make was Kyle and Garcelle already talked it out saying it was not race related, even though Garcelle thought it was. And of course, Crystal should be able to share that. But I also agree with Sutton in saying, uh, we, we've come so far, why do we have to keep bringing this up? Also too, I think the other side of this is if Sutton in her head said, oh, I'm not going to cut off Crystal because she is Asian. That to me is also racially insensitive because then you're implying that because of someone's skin color, they are X, meaning they shouldn't be treated. They, they should be given this special treatment or they shouldn't be interrupted or you shouldn't have a normal conversation you would have with someone of a different race. And so I think Sutton being open, even if some people interpret it as her being insensitive because um, Crystal was talking about race or whatnot, I think Sutton being real about it and, and being willing to confront it and being open and honest with Crystal and, and Kyle about this is a good thing and shows that she has a good heart and she does not intend those things. So, and it could be also, I mean, some people can interpret it as Sutton kind of compensating or overcompensating in the same way that Garcelle is for stereotypes that she's had placed on her being a Southerner and, and whatnot. So, I don't know. Those are just my thoughts on kind of where we go from here, how we handle this conversation. I obviously don't think, I don't think that you shouldn't be able to talk about it, but if you do talk about it and it comes out this way, I am not afraid to point out kind of the incompatibility between things coming out of your mouth. Anyways, good golly, Miss Molly says, right, no such thing as reverse racism. Yeah, I think personally reverse racism was, I don't understand that term. I understand that also that definitions change and I have had conversations about this on my channel regarding other people and other topics and uh, people in the comment section have said or have referred to the latest definition of racism which says actually maybe I'll look it up let me let me look it up for a second and it's it's not a definition I agree with let me just say that um, and it, I, I have a feeling they changed it recently I wish I don't know if there's an archive of like the changes of definitions of words in the in the dictionary but um if you just look up racism definition online here's what it says well okay so here's the thing one of the races one of the definitions said which was back in 
earlier this year was racism by white people against black people. Like that was the definition, meaning there's only one way that it, that it happens. But now I'm looking it up and it actually shows the belief that race accounts for differences in human character or ability and that a particular race is superior to others, discrimination or prejudice based on race, the belief that each race has distinct and intrinsic, intrinsic attributes. Um, so I guess I don't know where I found that definition where it actually specified white onto black, but um, it might have been like an urban dictionary type thing or one of, a certain dictionary where they, they kind of change things to be a little more agenda driven. But anyways, good golly, Miss Molly says, women all interrupt each other in conversations. Nothing about race for God's sake. Exactly. And uh, just a question. I'm not, not accusing anybody of anything, but if you me, anybody else, if our first instinct with anything, any conflict, any suspicion is race related, if our first thought has to do with race, don't you think maybe you as the person who always is leaning towards the race might be the racist one or might be the one that's a little more, I don't know, maybe you don't do it consciously, but uh, just a thought, I don't know. I'm not saying it's, it's for sure or not, but if you are the one that's constantly bringing it up, maybe you are part of the problem. I don't know. Uh, yeah, and, and women interrupt each other all the time, yeah. And that's a character trait that just some people have and some people don't. I know that is something I actually have to consciously not do because I, uh, I'm i kind of, I don't want to say I'm a nervous speaker or when I'm in conversation, I am like trying not to mess it up. And I think that, that sometimes affects me and I try to, and I jump in because I'm afraid they're not, people are going to think I'm not interested or whatever, or that uh, if I only listen, then I'll forget my train of thought, or I'll, if I was thinking of something, then I, I'll forget it, and then I'll ruin the conversation or whatever. I think it's just that social, some people's uh, social anxiety or whatnot, so um, this one here. Uh, yeah, so let me know if you have any more thoughts. This is a good conversation. I'm glad everyone is feeling free to give their thoughts. I know I'm not sure if any other people re recapping or reviewing or um, touch on this as deeply or if they have the same thoughts. I try not to um, watch other people's reviews of the episode until I give mine because I want to give my honest thoughts and not, try not to be influenced by other people. But once I put this up, then I am able to go watch other people's reactions and see what they think. Today, um, before we wrap up, I have been avoiding as much of uh, internet as possible because the friends reunion came out today and that is going to be my next video which is going to be a pre-filmed premiered video so be on the lookout look out for that in the next few days and of course the news is going everywhere giving spoilers so i've been avoiding it all day so i've been hunkering down on work and preparing for this and then i will watch it in a few seconds after i watch Angels baseball, which is my favorite team. So if you don't have any more thoughts, let me know. There, then I'll wrap up here. But the main comment section will be open if you have any more thoughts. And if you are watching the replay and you have thoughts of your own, excuse me, head over to the main comment section and we will continue the conversation there. And make sure to come back here next Thursday at 6 p.m. Pacific stand Pacific Daylight Time, which is Los Angeles, California time zone for another live recap and thoughts. 
And with that said, thank you so much for being here and I hope you have a great rest of your night and next few days until the next video goes up. All right, thank you so much for joining me and I will talk to you in the next one. Bye-bye.